0: my process starts with really honoring my needs and my care at the forefront of my experience. Like having my cup as full as I possibly can so I have space to create. That is like a morning filled with, I would say self care, right? If you really wanna get into what that looks like. That is like having a routine that feels very solid for me where my routine has no rule, it is not a Bible, it is not something I have to subscribe to, but it's what feels really good for me.
1: Hello, beautiful souls. You are going to love today's episode. If you want your story to sound like so many of the guests on this show, then you've probably realized that healing your relationship with money is a key piece of the puzzle. Don't worry, I've got you. Head to moneywoundquiz.com and answer six quick questions to learn which money wounds are blocking you. And I'll send you an email with a link to a money healing masterclass for free. No more waiting, go take the quiz now. A few months ago, an idea popped into my head that my favorite business practices would all get me kicked out of the boardroom. And as soon as that idea landed, number one, it cracked me up. And number two, I shared it on Facebook. But I only shared exactly what I said here. And I knew even at the time that I wanted to expand on it and share more about what those business practices are that actually move the needle for me and are so much better than what we're taught in business books and so much better than what happens in board meetings. But I didn't do it. And if I'm being honest, probably part of the reason is that there are some of those business practices that would feel like a real edge to share publicly. And then just time goes by and you kind of forget about it. And this is how sneaky our brain is. Like when we're scared of something, we don't always recognize that we're scared of it. Instead, life just moves on and we procrastinate or we kind of put something on the back burner. And yet those are the very things that have the opportunity to really expand us and help us step into new levels of opening our throat chakra and expanding our visibility and finding our soulmate clients. So I partnered up with someone who loves LinkedIn as a platform because that platform's an edge for me. It definitely has more of that buttoned up business kind of feel to it. But I've been wanting to play more in that space and show up more authentically. And so I asked this other person if she wanted to do some sort of LinkedIn Live series together. And as we were chatting about potential topics, we realized that we both run very unconventional businesses and that there's so much about that that we could bring to LinkedIn, where there are folks who are running their own businesses or who have a lot of autonomy within corporate America, but are still doing things in a very old paradigm way. So we created a four-part LinkedIn series called Our Favorite Business Practices that would get us kicked out of the boardroom. And in part one, we talk about why we don't like goal setting and what we do instead. And the conversation was such a smashing success. There were so many incredible aha moments that I wanted to share it here on the podcast as well. So before I just share it with you, I want to introduce my co-host for this series. Her name is kat burns and she's a mindset and visibility coach for creative women she had an incredible career as a designer and producer for 15 plus years but she got burnt out and so through her process of healing her own burnout she now helps women unleash their creativity and become more self-expressed and free in their lives and in their businesses so she has a signature process that she uses to rewire resistance and help women design lives that align to their true calling. Kat's just a cool human, and she is all about sharing her truth and helping her clients share their truth and share their gifts with the world. So I'm really excited to invite you into this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did.
0: The chasing of the carrot just always had me doing more and feeling like I needed to do more, like setting goals to do more, like getting your validation from the amount of checks that you check off the list. Like it's so heavily rooted in this reward punishment type of experience that to me, if I didn't accomplish said goal with the exact parameters that I set up, then I was a failure. And so yeah. that has heavily ruled a lot of my work, not only as an employee for so many years and i creative for so many years being validated by the checks that you have off the list. But then also as an entrepreneur like you just have to keep doing more you just check this off check this off check then you'll get somewhere can you
1: relate to that well for everyone tuning in if there's anything you don't love for everyone in the chat if there's something you don't love about traditional goal setting share it in the comments because if we don't understand what's feeling off or feeling misaligned or feeling ick, then kat and i can share what we do instead but this is really about opening up the possibilities for you to come up with your aligned way Mm -hmm. and so you talked about masculine energy and i agree with that a hundred percent if there's anyone in the comments that wants a little brush up on masculine versus feminine energy just let us know and we'll talk about it but the idea of the smart goal right the specific Mm -hmm. measurable actionable realistic (laughs) time-bound goal It's like, even as I'm saying that now, I feel a contraction in my body. (laughs) Same. And yet, like you, that was how I operated for so long. Not only in corporate where... I mean, I was in corporate sales for a long time. So you were given your goals. And then you kind of had to make sub goals to sort of say how you were going to hit your numbers. And it was all sort of reverse engineered so that you would hit the outcome that the company wanted. And of course, it was all masculine in the sense that it was based on thinking and strategizing and doing. There wasn't any space for a feeling goal. And in fact, we would have gotten bad feedback on that from our managers, right? Because it wouldn't have been specific enough. It wouldn't have been measurable. Well, how do you measure that you're enjoying life? It's like, wait. <laughs> my there isn't like a joyometer that I can like take a reading on every day? Does that mean that it's not important? So I love that. The yeah, joyometer. yeah no, <laughs> sense true for feeling. And so I took this same thing into entrepreneurship, and I, of course, have had many goals along the way. But I took it so far. I joined this like very bro mastermind, and what they suggested was that every single day you write your goal at the top of your daily planner and everything was just like so detailed out all the things you were going to do to make it happen and i wanted to hit my first hundred thousand dollar month in our agency and it was like the goal for the longest time and what i found was that this method of goal setting is entirely rooted in scarcity because literally the first day of the month if something bad happens or a client says no to you that you were hoping to bring on board or whatever it already feels like shit. i'm behind (laughs) i've got to catch up and so it's like with each passing day you're feeling like a greater and greater sense of urgency you're feeling more lack lack of time maybe lack of money lack of resources whatever you're really acutely aware of the distance between where you're at and the goal. And we're going to get into the metaphysics later about why that actually doesn't serve us and why it actually makes it harder to hit the goals. But even right now, just talking about why we don't like it, I didn't like that feeling. (laughs) And I was very disconnected from my body. So I was able to just treat my body like a workhorse. And I really thought that like those goals were almost like the crop and that I could just keep like whipping myself, to make it happen. But
0: inside it didn't feel good. I just want to say Claire did ask with the familiarity with the masculine and feminine energy concept. Do you want to just give like a quick overview or? Yeah. Yeah. So, So we can be clear. Totally. Super
1: simplistic. Masculine energy is like giving and doing energy. It's lean forward. Also, all thinking is masculine energy. Feminine energy is the receiving and being energy. So, when we are in receptivity, creativity, where we're kind of like receiving the inspiration or the downloads, but we're not actively thinking. It's not like, let me come up with my next great idea. And so I'm going to write out a pros and cons list on a whiteboard. That would be masculine energy. The feminine is more in my being, in my receptivity. I'm getting inspiration and I'm getting ideas and I'm feeling supported and I'm leaning back and I'm trusting and I'm surrendering.
0: So that's the quick version you want to add to that, Kat? I do actually, because this one is a really... This topic of masculine and feminine polarities, especially when it comes to having, we have both of them inside of us. Let's just be clear, right? Like, that's yeah. just a big distinction. And so do men. It's not actually Absolutely gendered, gendered. Exactly.
1: exactly, even though it's a gendered term. Yeah. I
0: remember when I first heard about this concept, <laughs> I don't know, it's, I don't know, six or seven years ago, five, maybe five years, six years ago. But they were like, you're really in your masculine. I was talking to a potential coach that I was going to work with and they're like, you're really in your masculine. Can you step into your feminine? And I was like, what the are you talking about? Like, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't have the experience of what it felt to be as opposed to do. I didn't actually know that there was a separation. So not to mansplain, that's for anyone that's very clear on polarities, but I think that we're not taught as women, especially that these two things exist within us and with men for sure, because the masculine way of doing things is the way societally we're taught on a normal scale. Women are taught to be in the doing energy to accomplish things, which is why we're having this conversation, right? So if we're taught in one specific way and we were not really informed from a young age, like, okay, in order to receive, you have to be, in order to to really nurture, you have to be, like, they don't teach us this. It's not something we learn in school. So if you're not familiar with what that feels like until you actually step into the work of what that looks like, you're never going to know because we are trained, men and women alike, and every single person that goes through any school system or any education, any job you are taught, to wean into the masculine because that's the stuff that gets shit done yeah essentially even though and we'll talk about that's not the reality of the thing (laughs) right or it doesn't have to be it is a way to cope it is a way to have your kpis right your performance measures it's like this is a very old paradigm and it's how we were all trained. It's very normal because I hope that makes sense to everybody. But yeah, I just, I didn't even know. So I want to be clear that this is not something you just like inherently know about yourself, That they exist inside of us, those polarities. Totally.
1: I love that riff. And it is true that anytime we want control, we're also in our masculine. And so it makes sense that in a patriarchy, where the masculine energy is more honored and is considered preferential, that not only are we taught it and we're modeled it, but then it would feel very scary to managers and leaders in an organization to have something that can't be measured or controlled. right? So this idea that the feminine energy is actually the magic and the secret sauce, but impossible to measure and impossible to bundle up into a smart goal. It's like, no, no, that can't be the thing. It's got to be what you're actually just doing. So just tell us,
0: what are you doing that's making this happen? So, yeah. (laughs) So true. It's so true. There is no way to tangibly put it on a piece of paper and to project success inside of the feminine because that's not it's just not how it works but it is so not taught to be the way to have things go which is why i mean this is why goal setting i would say if you want to run a business led from like your soul or like your evolution of your purpose or something that feels really like you are stepping into your true essence your true power if you Are not coming from that place and you're in the doing energy, you're not going to get the results that you will get results. Let's be honest. Like, I could push a million times over and perform, like you were talking about the numbers. Like, you could push your way into making a million dollars, but where is it going to leave you in a whole place? Where are you actually going to sit at the end of the day? Are you going to be like, yes, I did it. I nailed it, like in the doing, or are you going to be like depleted? Is your energy gonna be is your health gonna suffer is your family gonna suffer is there where's the balance yeah it really sits inside of it doesn't work
1: <laughs> yeah basically totally so claire thank you for inviting us into that side tangent that's so related we also got another comment saying that traditional goal setting doesn't allow for space to like pause and reevaluate and see if the goal is actually even still relevant, or we still care about it, or if it's even the right goal.
0: So when you hold on to it, like when you hold on to that goal being that that's the goal, it doesn't leave you any space to shift to another goal or see that maybe the goal doesn't feel aligned with where you're actually going. Right? Like I'm recently, I'm in the middle of a pivot in my business, like stuff is completely shifting. And if I was still sitting in my masculine, I wouldn't have any space to create something new inside of where I feel like I'm being led and where I need to go, right? It's like we have to leave that space. But when we have those solid plan with checklists and this, it doesn't leave for any of that ability to pivot or flow. Yeah. And I'm going to
1: go woo for a second because what I didn't say in my little bio is that I really operate at the intersection of spirituality and strategy. But anytime I try to like set a goal for myself, it's always smaller than what God or universe has in mind for me. And the visual that I get is like taking my kid to the store and saying, like, you can pick out one thing from this store and I will buy it for you, anything you want. And then my kid picks out like a pack of gum. And you're like, really? Are you sure? The gum is the thing that you want, not like, and that's what we do to ourselves in the name of being specific. And I think this is especially true for women again, because of the society and the culture that we eat and breathe and live in. like white men don't have imposter syndrome. Okay. And the fact that they don't have imposter syndrome, Is just indicative of the fact that we are in a patriarchy and i don't hate men i like men i want men to thrive as well i actually believe that masculine and feminine balance is will help men as well reason i share that is because as women we do often wrestle with worthiness who am i oh i don't know can i really do that That feels bigger than me. And so naturally, if we're getting to set our own goals, which I understand in corporate, you often don't or you only get a little, little say in it. But it's like we will shortchange ourselves. We will be at the biggest store in the world and choose the pack of gum because we're not dreaming big enough. And that doesn't mean that something's wrong with us or that it's broken it just means that there are different methods of goal setting which we're about to talk about that allow for more co-creation and allow us to be surprised and delighted and get an even better outcome than anything we ever could have put on paper
0: i love that i think what you're alluding to is like what jillian said that's why you have to implement time to reevaluate. It's like this idea of like what time even is inside of this conversation. Like, why am I putting this constraint upon myself inside of a timeline? Why do we need a measurable amount of time to, if we really think about it from an energetic realm, like where can you go in such a short, small period of time when you don't have that cap on the timeline? And that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about time for a second, because I don't know about you. But I have never felt like having all of the time in the world means that I'm gonna go slow. My issue is always feeling impatient, feeling like I'm behind, feeling like I haven't done enough, like I haven't done it fast enough. And so I actually have to give myself a lot of permission that, like, it's okay and I can go at my own pace. So, like, I don't need a time aspect of a goal to create extra motivation, it just actually makes me feel shitty because I think for many high achieving women, our default is always that we haven't done enough fast enough.
0: Absolutely. I like could not agree with you more. And it is like the thing where you just like want to shoot yourself in the foot because, again, that time constraint that you're putting and between that and the combination of the conditioned belief of I'm not doing enough, I should be doing, I should be doing more. I always tell my clients like, stop shitting all over yourself. That is a joy killer. This experience of I should have it another way than the way that it is leaves no space for it to even be like period point blank. Yeah. Right? So why give yourself an additional slap of the, allow yourself to flagellate, just self-flagellate a little bit more. On why you're not doing it. And you're feeding into the subconscious belief that you may already have that is, I'm not doing enough. I don't have it done. It's part of it's a kink, essentially. If you really want to think about it, it's a really deep dive into punishing your that side of yourself that already feels like you're inadequate, right? Like where you're not doing enough. Yes,
1: totally. And it's like creating more external motivation. And when we can, own the fact that we are already intrinsically motivated. That is enough. That is plenty. And again, often it's, I think Tony Robbins says this, that people overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can do in 10. And I love that because it's like when we give ourselves some spaciousness, we actually can dream bigger. And here's the crazy part. When you remove time, you actually get your results faster. In the absence of thinking about time, time actually works with you and things happen faster.
0: Yes, you can collapse timelines in a really true way when you actually surrender to that there is no deadline. And I think it's really important to mention that because if you think about how we manifest something, right? We're going to get into like the idea of manifesting. If you are constantly having that constraint, just the word constraint sounds so gross, right? It's just like, ugh, like it makes me uncomfortable. But if you have that constraint upon you, you're already coming from the lack of something Yet yeah. you already don't have the thing. So what are you creating? That is the vibe that you are actually pulling in. You're like, okay, I already have less of this. Let me put more constraints. Let me push this more down. So you're going to feed into that this is the reality. The reality is I don't have time. The reality is I don't have what I want. So yeah. the constraint is the higher emotion. That's the thing that you're pulling off of. That's what you are actually creating, even though you don't know what you're creating it, right? Like totally. it's just the weird mind.
1: Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the actual trip of this human experience. So yeah. let's shift into what do we do instead? If we're all willing to try this experiment of ditching traditional goal setting, what do we do instead?
0: So I know I have a process, but I would love to hear yours, Kat. My process starts with really honoring my needs and my care at the forefront of my experience, like having my cup as full as i possibly can so i have space to create that is like a morning filled with i would say self-care right if you really want to get into what that looks like that is like having a routine that feels very solid for me where my routine has no rule it is not a bible it is not something i have to subscribe to but it's what feels really good for me in the morning so i can fill my cup up from the get-go I deliberately have set my life up so I don't start working until I've had the opportunity to fill my cup. And I take lots of breaks. And that is a pretty new phenomenon for me because again, I am really, really good in the pushing energy. I've done plenty of the pushing. (laughs) So in the slowing down, we're talking about time, like for me, that is the very first thing. I cannot serve from an empty cup. And that is like, If the goal is to come into my day from a place where I feel full and I feel full of nurturing me, which is very feminine, then I automatically set my day up for success. Do you still set any goals in the sense of like how much
1: money you want to make in 2023 or how many clients you want to serve or anything like that? And if so, how do you do it in a way that feels good and self-honoring?
0: I do it from an accountability perspective, meaning I will have the what's so. So I'm aware of like how much money I know I desire to make, how many things I desire to do, like what my outcomes are, what my perceived outcomes are. And then I sit inside of that is going to just go away into what it is. And I am going to sit with who I need to be for myself in order to start creating those goals. And so it is, I'm not sure. I'm very curious to see how you do it for sure. But for me, it's very much like keep the checks and balances in play, like know what's so and have the charge, the polarity around how you feel about it neutralized. So you're not coming at it like a, oh my God, I have to make three more grand to hit my number this month. Keep it out there, put the request and then let it sit and say, okay, this is what I'm asking for. This is how I know I can do it. And it breaks it down into a much easier process when I'm coming from, I already have it. This is what's so. So this is what I have. And this is where I'm going. So mm-hmm. that that's yeah. usually how it sits with me as far as those go.
1: What about you? It sounds like a very like identity-based approach. So for me, and hopefully this will be helpful for everyone listening. You might want to jot this down because what you're going to notice is that even for my balance of masculine-feminine and energy, I still like a bit of masculine structure. I like having a process. There's something about that that feels very satisfying. So I've sort of built the process that helps me actually arrive in the feminine. So step number one is just allowing yourself to write down or allowing myself to write down the things that I think I want, right? So the dollar amount, the vacations, the just like whatever the quote unquote like surface level things are. Because I think sometimes if we try to just like deny that, it doesn't work. It feels a little bit like suppressive. And so it's like, okay, well, these are the things I think I want. So just kind of like letting that rip. Then step two is I ask myself, how do I think I'll feel when I have these things. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to use feeling words for this. So again, if you're someone who's like, I don't even know how to be in feminine energy or this feels really new to me, Google the wheel of emotions and you will Mm -hmm. see an image that's got tons of feeling words on it. And then just pick out those feeling words and write down the ones that you resonate with and, you know, you may have three, you may have ten, but there are probably about three on the list that are the main ones where you're like, okay, legit, this is how I think I will feel. So like star those or highlight them, right? Then this is my secret sauce. And I really just started implementing this about a year ago and I started working with my clients on it too. It makes a tremendous difference. Write down all of the things that you can do in your life now that make you feel the way that you want to feel. Mm -hmm. So, for example, let's say freedom is on my list. I think that if I have a business this size and I have this whatever, that I'm going to feel really free. So what other things make me feel Feeling that in my body, I'm kind of labeling as freedom. Taking a a walk in the middle of the day. Eating lunch outside when it's beautiful weather. Waking up without an alarm. Just really go there. Really try and come up with as many things as you can on this list. Because this is the identity work or the embodiment work that you were referring to, Kat. And so then it's like, how many of those things can I do now? Can I really get into that feeling now? And when I choose to make some commitments, so this would be step four. Step four is make some commitments around the things that you already know make you feel the way that you think you are hypothetically going to feel when you get the thing in step one, because that's. Hypothetical. We actually do not know if we have a $300,000 a year or we have whatever, we don't know that that's actually going to make us feel free. Could be the opposite, right? Could yeah. be that we feel a lot of stress and we're trying to make payroll We've got a bunch of people on the team, whatever. But what we actually do know is all the things that we wrote down in step number three, we already know that those things make us feel the way that we want to feel. So step four is making some commitments around that and being really gentle with yourself. If you know you have a tendency to be hard on yourself to overcommit, then to feel bad when you don't do those commitments be super gentle one time per week i want to do a longer meditation because that makes me feel free or once a month i want to take a random weekday walk like just make it super breezy because this is not about checking a million things off the list this is about embodiment and getting into that feeling and so Step five is really spending more time feeling the way that you want to feel now. And that to me is walking the joyous path to millions. It's we can still want the goal. Okay. We can still choose which mountain we want to summit, but we're just as committed to enjoying the summit, the journey, every step of the way as we are committed to getting to the top.
0: So that's my little process. I love it. I love how you articulated it. I love that it's a very tangible steps that you can take. And it really is. It's about the vibration that you're radiating at, right? It's like, what emotions do I actually want to experience that are going to bring me joy already? What do I know is going to actually have me feel the way I want to feel and leaning more into that? I mean, that is the easiest way to actually raise your vibe—the easiest way to bring yourself to a place where there is more joy, there is more fun, there is more peace. The more we sit inside of the emotions, the more we're going to breed that energy. So it's almost yes. like I had a therapist back in oh gosh, 2011, I think, and she gave me this. I don't know if you've ever heard this poem about the Cherokee elder telling his son, uh, his grandson. Have you heard of, heard this thing about which wolf? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a little, feed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which wolf do you feed? If there's all of these parts inside of you, like there's anger, sadness, greed, frustration, that's one wolf. And then the other wolf is like happiness, joy, content, love, honor. And if they're out of war and the, the Cherokee, the grand sense of like, well, which one wins? And he says, the one you feed. And, and that was again, like years ago when I had no idea about this stuff, but that stuck with me. I'm such a, I share it with all my clients because it's really what it is. It's who you feed? Like what energy are you going to feed? And I love the way that you really outlines creating from that space because it's a very tangible way to create radiating from that higher wolf that you're going to feed, right? Like yeah. that higher vibe, that one. Yeah, years. totally. Yeah. I love it.
1: Cool. So before we move into the metaphysical principles about why this feelings first approach actually works. And actually gets better results. I'm imagining that some people tuning into this, whether they're live or on the replay, are thinking, okay, that sounds great. And I'm working in a corporate setting. Many of my goals are set for me. As you already mentioned, the managers don't care at all about a feelings first approach. They want smart goals. What do I do? so i'm curious because you and i did not pre-plan anything around that but i'm curious if you have any thoughts on how someone could it, within a corporate structure that maybe is still a little bit more old school and masculine implement some of these new
0: paradigm practices so the first thing that comes to my mind is that do what you can do right like do what you can do for yourself like in the sense of if you know that this is a very masculine approach to said goal setting what can you do for yourself that prepares you and who you want to be in the world to approach this from that higher vibration again i go back to like the idea of filling up your own cup where can you set these non-tangible higher vibrational energy goals for yourself from the feminine in your own life in the areas of life and how can you bring that over to the idea that you have a kpi that you must go yeah you know what i mean like that's the first thing that comes to my mind because it's about balance we will always have these masculine based deadlines that we have to implement as women in any kind of business and especially when you are inside of this corporate world and yes there are consequences there are there's pressure to perform but where can you give yourself permission to show up fully for yourself so your performance isn't indicative of the number that you're receiving where can you fill your cup outside of that KPI where you know that you are doing enough you are honoring yourself you are bringing your best energy forward that to me is like the biggest step in being able to take your performance measures from a a very feminine approach, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I love that. And just inviting anyone listening to also drop any ideas in the comments so that we can really get some delicious brainstorming around this. So my take is that we all are actually energetic beings, and that is our primary way, way of relating with each other. We're so good at it that we actually don't know that we're doing it. And that is true of you and your boss, you of your coworkers, you and leadership in your company. And so when you take an energetic first approach, even if it's done in privately, even if it's nothing that you ever talk about, it will have a very tangible and almost miraculous effect on those around you so the other thing i know to be true having spent years climbing the corporate ladder is that as long as you're not doing anything illegal most bosses don't care how you hit the goal as long as it's hit and the feminine is really all about the how in the sense of like the being there are feminine ways of being and allowing so much non-physical support allowing universe to conspire with you for the goals to be met in such an easy and effortless way that's to everyone's benefit and then there's the more traditional masculine control i have to take these steps and this gets me to the goal so think just giving yourself a little bit of space to say okay gotta hit this goal fair and I know that this goal was set in the realm of predictability and I am going to co-conspire with my higher self or universe or God or like whatever aspect of the divine feels aligned for you. And so like, what would be like fun and magic and miraculous ways for this to happen and being just like really receptive again, the feminine energy and then watch how incredible thing happen and what do you know the goal is hit it's hit quickly it's exceeded it was in a more effortless way you got to feel good turns
0: out you didn't have to hustle and grind to make it happen i love that i always tell my clients where can you add in fun and play into everything that you do because fun and play is like a very naturally high vibrational space to come from if you think about a child like on one of those little merry-go-round things in the playground it's like they're not worried about hitting their numbers they're just living in the moment and they're present and they're having fun and they're laughing and they're feeling good they're expelling beautifully high emotions right so it's like where can you bring that into like where can you take out the seriousness that is said goal the pressure it's like undoing the pressure cooker a little bit and trying to bring that fun. Like, I love that you said it in that way. I think it's really about allowing that space to get it done in whatever way feels good for you, knowing that it's going to be, it's a goal that was set in a predictable result that they're asking for and it is in set in a masculine space. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about the metaphysics.
1: So I think this is like your and I's favorite part, why this feelings first approach actually works. And of course, the science is still catching up to ancient wisdom, but it is catching up and it is becoming more mainstream, which I think is so great because it opens us up to more receptivity and it gives our brain something to say, okay, this isn't totally crazy. I can get behind this. So how, why does this work?
0: i would say it really works because there's an alignment with who you know you are going to be in the world from a soul perspective and the soul just is there is no where to get to there's no checklist when you come onto this planet as a being in a body given okay here's this beautiful baby and they have this checklist of all the things that they need to achieve right there's just look at this this is here this is the journey you are here to learn. You are here to have experiences. You are here to play in life school, right? We'll call it that. Like you're here to, but this is exactly what we're asking for when we decide to incarnate on this planet. So from that place, it is like, if there were no objectives, if there was just to learn and grow and play, we wouldn't have all of these outside pressures that are pushing in on us. And if we come back to what's really so, there's no, good or bad or right or wrong or push or pull when it comes to it. There just is, right? And coming from that space leaves a world of possibility as to how things can go, but it's completely removed from all of the conditioning that we have been ingrained to relate to as real, just based on society and our parents and how we were raised and our cultures and our religions and all that stuff. It's really about like coming back to there's freedom there. There's space. There's the ability to just be. And that, to me, when I get back to that place and I remember that, like, hey, I chose this life in a way, right? Like, I chose this experience, and I'm just here to learn and grow. It's a, another one of those things that relieves the pressure.
1: Yeah, that yeah, has occurred for you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would love to invite law of attraction into this conversation because the idea, the premise behind law of attraction which is universal law, it's energy, is that there's a vibrational string and I'm at one end of it and the things that I'm attracting to me are at the other end of it. And they're of like vibration. So when I set a goal for myself in the traditional way and the first thing I feel is lack, in urgency, right? I feel an urgency to get it done, because there's only X number of days left in the month or in the quarter, that is lack. So when that's what I'm operating from, when we pull on that vibrational string, what ends up coming to me are more and celebrating and feeling really happy. So when I'm pulling on the string, I'm attracting to myself more situations that are a vibrational match for lack. So that doesn't sound like I'm gonna pull on the string and at the end of it is, Look at me, I achieved my goal and I'm celebrating, right? It's like, oh, we actually came in way under target. Oh, crap. Now I had a medical emergency come up and I have even fewer days to get this goal done. More lack, more lack, more lack. And we know this to be true. This is proven. And so when we take a feelings first approach, which is I want to feel free now, or I want to feel appreciation now. And I believe that I will feel more appreciation when I achieve the goal, but I'm pulling on the vibrational string now from a place of true appreciation for what is, finding the simple pleasures in life, enjoying coffee, waking up without an alarm, etc. It's like, I'm attracting to myself more things to appreciate, which may or may not be the goal that I put on paper, but it might be something so much better, which is what I found to be true. My life continues to amaze me and give me things that like I never even would have thought to write down, but from a feelings first approach, I'm attracting all of this cool stuff my way. And then I get to be like, what? Oh my gosh, my dream home and it's mine and I get to live in it? Pull, 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 pull. What? Like my kids and I are having the best time and like we love each other so much. And we're making all these amazing memories. Oh my gosh, a dream client just DM'd me and said she wants to work with
0: me and sign up. That's what it feels like. And it's so distinct from taking on what the conditioning that we have had in our lives had like where we've been trained i say i like to say conditioning a lot because really it's an unlearning process to bring us back to this idea of attracting what we really want right from an emotional perspective and a law of attractive perspective like you have to really focus your energy where you desire that thing like that like you already have it you just are a being asking for these things stands conditioning right like if we have all of that stuff that's piled on top of us and then we're trying to create from that space it's only natural that we will pull more shit in with us right it's only natural that we're going to come from that space because it's so easy to remember that okay when i was five years old i raised my hand and the teacher called on me and i said two plus two is five and everybody laughed at me and i made a decision about myself in that moment and when we make that decision it starts to direct everything else that's happening that is an ingrained wound essentially when we operate from that wounding right that very human norm, like it's part of our life that trauma when we operate from that space we are feeding more into that low vibrational energy so when we can dig deep and look at who we actually are in the moment which is the the soul the soul journey where you actually can create from it when you feel into what you desire and already come from that place that you have it that you know that it's coming to you that you can embody that feeling when you wake up in the morning they're like oh yes this is so rich because you have like you said in your steps like i already have this vibration i know what it feels like when i have this this is my desire it makes it so much easier to pull from that place And it's to like a flow more than a pull, right? It's just like I'm requesting that more of that come to me and I'm not allowing these outside circumstances that have conditioned me to be a certain way to interfere with that channel that I'm asking for. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. And
1: look, none of us get this perfect, right? It's like (laughs) mine. It's a moment by moment thing. And... The thing about feeling is that no one can fully teach you how to be in tune with your own feeling. It really is an experiential process. It's an allowing. Often there is inner child healing to be done, as Kat was kind of alluding to, because many of us as kids, even with really well intending parents, got the message that. Your feelings aren't welcome, or it's really only okay to have big feelings for a minute or two, and then I'm uncomfortable as the parent and I need to give you a lollipop, or I need to tell you to suck it up, or we got to move on. And so the result of that is that we get pretty good at ignoring our own feelings, especially if you're a high achiever, especially if you're someone who has done really well in a corporate career or in a business career. It's like, there's no time for feelings. I'm going to set those on the side and I'm just going to keep going. And so there's an unlearning and being willing to observe and witness and be in relationship with self. And it honestly is one of the most beautiful things. And if money is the carrot or if business growth is the thing that motivates you sufficiently, to have you get into relationship with yourself and your feelings and to allow them to be okay and to notice what they are and honor them. It's one of the greatest gifts you can ever give yourself. And it will change the way that you show up in your romantic relationships, it will change the way you show up as a parent, as a friend, <laughs> as a daughter, as a brother, like all of the things.
0: So, I agree with you more. Yeah. I love it. Uh, perfectly so- said, Emily. This was just that's a juicy conversation. I am so good. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So we are almost at the top of the hour. And of course, we, as we've mentioned, this is a four part series. So everyone tuning in was tuning into this first segment, which is on why we don't like goal setting in the traditional way and what we do instead. And we had such a robust conversation around feminine energy, goal cool setting. So thank you, Kat. And thank you to everyone who tuned yeah. into this. And the next event in our series is going to be on Thursday, July 20th at the same time. So 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern time. What time is it in Lisbon, Kat? <laughs> 5 p.m. Lisbon time, UK Lisbon time. Yeah. For all the Portugal residing entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, the topic that we'll be diving into on the next event is ditching the rules and what to follow instead. So, we will make sure that we link that event in the comments for this event so that you can RSVP. We would love your feedback. So if there's anything that you want to hear from us or you want to make sure that we cover before this series is complete, feel free to throw it in the comments and you can help co-create and shape this discussion in real time. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Emily. I mean, you've facilitated a beautiful conversation. I'm excited that we got to have this talk and I really do appreciate everyone's comments and the people that are watching the replay obviously, I think everyone can tell that we're both very passionate about these topics and how it can really shift. The game can change in a completely new way when we allow for new ways of being inside of this doing that we have so easily ingrained in ourselves for all these years. So it's just always grateful to have these powerful conversations. So yeah, thank totally you for co-creating. Yes, thank you so
1: much. Thank you to everyone tuning in. I see Justin in the comments, Caitlin, Amani, Claire. Who else? Who else? Who else? Jillian Jillian was on. Yes. Yeah. And if you're watching the replay, I hope you've been commenting along as well. And we will see you at the next event. Bye. Bye. Listeners like you have made this a top 25% global podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this show with someone you love. I always appreciate listener feedback, so feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at money as well. And if you want to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, check the links in the show notes to explore or head to explore.emilywilcox.com. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes.